Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever, we roll along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy day today. The hashtag crew assembled around us. Special guest jumps in in the middle of this hour. A lot of interesting conversations going back and forth. We heard from the one person we most wanted to hear from on the Taylor Swift front. We will get you that coming up in a few minutes. But let me just finish the thought that I had here a few moments ago. For those of you just joining us, Joe Namath, the greatest Jets legend in the history of the franchise, the most important person by leaps and bounds in the history of the franchise, um, went on the Michael K show on ESPN radio in New York yesterday and, and made it completely clear. He is done with Zach Wilson, that the organization needs to move on from him. And if they are not willing to, that he thinks they need to clean house. My position on this is that they absolutely need to move on from Zach Wilson immediately. I would not play him this week. There has to be some other option. Tim Boyle is on the roster for a reason and they should sign someone. The organization, if you've been listening, you know that I am willing to give them a pass on a lot of this because they planned for one reality and they find themselves in another. And I get how that has to be jarring. And now the game is about keeping the group together. I think it is exclusively about keeping this group together. There are no circumstances under which this team is going to be a legitimate contender. None that are realistic. So the question is, how do you keep it together? Do you go out and get a quarterback? I saw Matt Ryan yesterday on CBS had to come on the air and say, I'm not interested in playing for the Jets. I've heard the name Colt McCoy mentioned. People have told me his arm is in such bad shape that he genuinely can't throw the ball from here to there. So I don't think he's an option. Hambo, I think I'm going to make you smile because this is a player who has received a great deal of your ire over the years. But I think Carson Wentz has to be considered as an option. Is it a good one? No. No one looks at the situation and says, boy, Carson Wentz sounds like he's the answer to our problems. If Carson Wentz is the answer to your problems, your problems are really significant. But they are. Carson Wentz was once the second pick in the draft, just like Zach Wilson. Carson Wentz, unlike Zach Wilson, actually demonstrated that he knows how to play football. Now, he's done a lot of bad things, and you're going to detail what most of them are here including alienating teams and locker rooms and all kinds of stuff. So does that worry me? Hell yes. But I think you have to do something. And of the options I've heard, that feels like the best one. Tell me about Carson Wentz. He just can't play anymore. Putting aside the alienation um, and the way that his teammates dislike him, which has become more and more well-documented as we've learned, he's been done since 2020, which which I told you so at the time. I mean, Indianapolis was willing to move on from him, literally without a replacement, something that you never see NFL teams do. Washington released him in favor of an unproven fifth-round pick in Sam Howell. And last season, last season when Carson Wentz played seven games, started seven games for Washington, his QBR, scaled 0 to 100, was 34.4. Zach Wilson's last season was 35.6. So you're going to sit here and tell me that Carson Wentz represents a better option for the Jets not based upon anything that's happened recently. At least Zach Wilson, at least in theory, knows the playbook. You're bringing in Carson Wentz, who in my opinion is completely done anyway, and introducing him to a whole new offense. It's just not going to work. I don't want to suggest that we're overreacting to the poor play because we're not. But even if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, we went through the Jets' first seven games and said they just have to get through unscathed. Buffalo... Dallas and New England is a murderer's row of defenses for Zach Wilson to have to face. 
And over the next four games, excuse me, over the next six games, he gets Denver, the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders. I know asking you to be patient is not a reasonable thing based upon what we have seen. But I think, I think Zach Wilson might be able to hold the fort. They were never going to beat Kansas City. If he can fake it, I'm not asking him to play well, if he can fake it and get to that easy part of the schedule and let the defense play up, you might be able to emerge unscathed, at which point, if he's not playing better, you can scour the, the trade market and get a real player from a different team. Oh, well, here's the problem. If you're going to try and get a real player from a different team, your season is going to be long over by then. And the fake it part is the part he's not capable of. When you, you don't watch him snap in, snap out, and I don't blame you for that. Mercifully not. No one, on, no one who's not getting paid to should. <laughs> I don't know why I do it, but I do it anyway. I do it just to aggravate myself. There, you know what a football game looks like? Yes. Generally when speaking. he's playing, it doesn't look like one. I can't explain it any better than that. He doesn't have any idea what he wants to do. Tony Romo, Jim Nance almost jumped out of the booth and changed quarterbacks for the Jets last week. The team obviously has no confidence in him. If they did, they wouldn't be constantly telling you how much confidence they have in him. This is the same team that revolted around him last year. It's worse than you're making it sound is what I'm trying to say. I understand what you're saying. It makes logical sense. But I'm just very worried that there's a big difference between playing badly and really not playing at all. They don't compete with him on the field. Then here's the thing. If I'm going to meet you halfway there, then you have to acknowledge that the Jets did make a mistake in not improving their quarterback room. Because if you're unplayable, you can't live in a world in which he might play. You just can't. He, no. If he's going to be on the team, he's got to be your QB3, and he can't be your QB2 as he was. That, 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 I think, is a reasonable place to land. Sure, you're not a Super Bowl contender if your starter gets hurt. But also, you can avoid a mutiny if you have a real backup quarterback. I agree. I said it at the time. I have been saying that all summer. I wasn't here a lot this summer, so you didn't get to hear me. And you were off on your four months of child bonding, mm. so you didn't hear any of it. But I was telling anyone who would listen, Zach Wilson should not be the backup. He's not ready to go in. He needed to sit and do nothing for a year, at least. At least one season of just sitting, watching, and learning. Someone else should have been the backup. In fact, I assumed that's what they brought in the guy from Green Bay to do, which was Tim Boyle to be ready to be a backup and to ready to go in if, if Rodgers sprained an ankle and was going to miss one game. Zach is not capable of that. He's not, and anyone who watches can see it. So th- 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 that's they look, Wentz is probably a terrible idea. I- I'm open to a better one. Like, how did Arizona find a guy like two days before the season started who can actually play? That's coaching, and the Jets don't have it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Aaron Rodgers makes your roster coach-proof. But you can't be living in a world in which if one thing goes wrong, if you become a house of cards team. You can't. I know Zach Wilson is a terrible option at quarterback, but you're still paying a lot of people, a lot of coaches to scheme up a game plan and then call plays. You have to be able to fake it. At least he's a player with enough talent to be drafted second overall. Uh, he's at least a talented enough player to where the world once liked him. He can do, uh, theoretically, some things. So ask him to fake it. Ask him to color inside the lines. If you can at least devise a game plan to maximize your otherwise awful chances, that's all you're asking from a coaching staff. How else can you explain the fact that J- Josh Dubs is running all over the Cowboys and Zach Wilson is throwing the ball the wrong way? That, that's coaching, and the Jets don't have it. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Nathaniel Hackett was brought here for one reason, to do one job, and he did it. 
His job was to get Aaron Rodgers. It worked. I don't think anyone expected him to come in here and be the second coming of Mike Holmgren. That just wasn't on the list of options. Now, what you're saying is let him be the second coming of someone else way worse than Mike Holmgren, and maybe he's not good enough to be that. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. The only thing I know about him is that he's Aaron Rodgers' friend, and I know his father was. And that, that's all, I mean, still is. He's still with us, Mr. Hackett. But, but, I but, think but, the Jets should bring in your friend RG3. Let's get him in the mix here. I talked to him about it today. He, he wants to race Dominique. He's ready to go. He's in great shape. Let's, I think he can hold a fort down. I would consider it. RG3 is better than Zach Wilson, is he not? Much. He I, also is, by the way, in phenomenal shape. That's what I'm in saying. Griffin. And I, he wants to do it, it seems like. I would have way more confidence if, if Robert Griffin III is a Jets quarterback. They could write the ship. Let's, let's, let's get him out there. Better than Carson Wentz. Yes. I would definitely take RG3 over Carson Wentz. I, I mean, I know Robert well enough now to know that he's not going to be destructive. You know, that, that's the thing that you're worried about, right? Like, you're worried about, like, that. Like, oh. the, 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 the house burning down. And he, he'll at least avoid that from happening. Carson Wentz, to me, not only won't he play well, but he might light a match himself. All right. So, so I, I, I'll go with you on that. He's a terrible idea. They have to come up with a better one somehow, some way. Greening with you on ESPN Radio. We're live from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I just heard Christine Lisi saying it in the uh, Sports Center update, but... Can you go through some of the numbers on Travis Kelsey, not on the field, but in life, after the word has now spread everywhere that he and Taylor Swift are theoretically an item? Someone typed them up in my, in my Google Doc here uh, about his jersey sales and everything else. I see them in there. What, what do we know? Well, we know that there's a 400% increase in Travis Kelsey merchandise sales. We know that he is now a top five Selling, he now has a top five selling jersey in the NFL. And I told you yesterday, I think what happened on Sunday makes him the most famous player in the NFL. Like that. Like I really do. Travis Kelsey now, in some sense, <laughs> is the face of the league. I, I don't even understand the rationale behind that. I mean, I guess How to so? a degree I get. I'm just saying from a Taylor, a Taylor Swift fan is just going to buy a Travis Kelsey jersey Yes, now? yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and just wear a Travis Kelsey jersey Chiefs fans because she they has, spent one night together? She has power. Bubba, she has a connection. This is, this is meant as the highest form of flattery. She has a connection with her audience unlike anything or almost anything I've ever witnessed. I guess so, yeah. And I'm, I'm very attuned to this because my daughter is one of these people, and Hembo is too because your wife is one of these people. T- Taylor Swift has... Um, a Michael Jackson, Beatles-esque kind of connection with her audience. She's that big. That's not an overstatement. It is not. She is a songwriter on a level with Paul McCartney, which is to say that her, her lyrics, they're not aimed at me, but they connect with the people who she's trying to connect with very deeply, and she puts them in songs that are impossibly catchy. Like her, her sense of melody and all that kind of stuff is it's McCartney esque in how listenable it is, and the things she is saying speak to the people that she is addressing so significantly that yes, anything she does is incredibly important to them. And if Travis Kelsey is of interest to her, then he is of interest to them too. Now, what will happen is if that goes south, 
they will turn on it just as fast. Are they going to burn jerseys like normal sports fans? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how they'll do it, but they will do something. But we asked the question aloud on this show yesterday. Do, do, do dyed-in-the-wool, hardcore, traditional, passionate sports fans care about the Taylor Swift story? And I actually said, we need to ask Chris Rousseau because no one represents that segment of the population better than he does. No one knows less about what's going on in the rest of the world than Chris does. And thankfully, he did address it yesterday on Mad Dog Sports Radio. I'm not into Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, so try somebody else for that. I, I could care less. I don't care if uh, Taylor Swift's nude in the box. I'm not that interested. I'm sorry. I could care less uh, against the Bears. Uh, that that I can't that I can't Bears. buy. Uh, I'm more wrapped up in what the Bears are up to, and they stink, than I am about that. <laughs> Oh my God! That is—it's just so hilarious. I'm more interested bears. in a bears. It's the bears. I don't know how he—he he has the most unusual. <laughs> he accent. pronounced bears two different ways yeah. in 17 seconds. That's I can correct. KLS. He, he pronounces bears two different ways in the same sentence. That's exactly right. He's—he is—he is a—he is, a, 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 is my favorite person to listen to talk. That is a treasure. Can you can you just play the beginning of it one more time? Yeah, just for me. I'm not into Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, so try somebody else for that. I, I could care less. I don't care if uh, Taylor Swift's nude in the oh box. I'm not that interested. I'm sorry. I could care less uh, against the Bears. Uh, that that I against the Bears. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. So, anyway, in case you were wondering how the hardcore sports fan who doesn't know anything about pop culture feels, now you know. Um, me, as a dyed-in-the-wool Swifty myself, I <laughs> like it. I, I, to me, I thought you had the most astute comment of anyone on this, to be honest with you, Hembo, which is um, if she goes to the game Sunday night and the two football games she has seen in her life – wind up being quarterbacked by Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. She may very well give up on the sport. All right, we have a special guest coming up next. Don't miss it on ESPN Radio. I don't care if uh, Taylor Swift's nude in a box. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited 
to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll get back to all the NFL coming up in just a couple of minutes. But right now, special guest is ready to join us. As of today, there is a new book that is out. It is called Sideline CEO Leadership Principles from Championship Coaches. It's available anywhere you get your books. And the author is our buddy, ESPN legend, Marty Smith. Good morning, Marty Smith. You are tossing the legend moniker around pretty freely these days, brother. I appreciate so much, though, uh, you offering me the platform. I've not had the opportunity yet. I've held off to offer my condolences about the Aaron Rodgers injury. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're still in the process of making your way through that. But uh, I do so so appreciate you offering me a platform today. Well, Marty, there are the five stages of grief, and, and I am rapidly approaching the fifth one, which is acceptance. Um, I've, I've gone through most of the others, and, and I can't get it done. But I'm fascinated by your book for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, everyone knows Marty, and, and, and you've been connected uh, through your coverage to so many of the most interesting and intelligent leaders in sports. But I think most people, or many, associate you with college football. And I'm fascinated by leadership beyond coaching. The most important part of being a great coach is being a great leader. And that's what the book is about, is is the way you have observed and the lessons you have taken from these coaches in leadership. Give us a sense of what it is you've seen and what it is you've learned. Absolutely. Basically, I interviewed 20 championship coaches, and it's a who's who, Greeny. It's Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, Roy Williams, John Calipari, Tom Izzo, Urban Meyer, Doc Rivers, Patty Gasso, Kim Mulkey, on and on. Uh, Kirby Smart. It's really a who's who of championship leadership. And, you know, these folks have achieved it the highest pinnacle under such tremendous pressure and, and very short, truncated timelines in which to be successful because at that level, you're either great or you're gone. And I broke the book into eight pillars. What exactly is leadership? Uh, Where does trust fit in? Delegation, culture, crisis management, self-evaluation, evolution, communication and listening, all of these pillars that are vital in being a great leader. And uh, ultimately, I love the through lines of this book, and that is you have to earn trust. Without trust, you can't lead somebody out, out of a room. And it's very difficult to build. It's very easy to lose. And that is trust of your words and trust of your actions. Say what you mean and follow through. Part of that is, uh, is listening as well. You know, have a, a closed mouth and open ears often, and you get trust through time. Time is our most precious resource. And, you know, I think so much of what we want, especially right now in such a chaotic landscape, is hope and belonging. And it is amazing to me how that is a through line of this thing, too. Uh, And so I think that you're going to be able, when you read this book, to take a lot of this tutelage and wisdom that these great coaches have offered me, and I'm just a vehicle to carry their words, 
uh, and inject them into your daily walk. I certainly have. My wife has. My poor children, they're so tired of hearing me say these (laughs) principles to them Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. But it really is a unique project, and I hope and think the readers will, will glean a lot from it. Sideline CEO, leadership principles from championship coaches. Again, it's available today. And Marty Smith is the author, one of ESPN's most beloved personalities. Let me ask you this, because the the landscape of it is changing so much and so fast. Collegiate sports, as we know them, as we've known them, are no more. Everything has changed. The rules have changed, and they happen so quickly. What, if anything, were you able to glean about that? Like, all of a sudden, we went from a world in which Nick Saban was the unquestioned face of college football to Deion Sanders being the the face of college football. That literally happened in a day. Um, what, What sorts of things did you pick up about that and the way the world of collegiate sports is changing? I think it's the how imperative evolution is because it's classic Eckhart Tolle, if you don't evolve, you die. And we're in the most evolutionary moment in the history of collegiate athletics. You're so right, Greeny. You said it well. The, the college football that you and I grew up with is extinct. I love the college football we have right now, but the games I went, went with my dad to see Virginia Tech play football, that's gone. And so are you willing, able, capable of evolving into what is now? And you mentioned Dion. I mean, Dion Sanders is the biggest story in sports along with Travis Kelsey, Dayton T. Swift, and your boy A-Rod's injury. So, I mean, that's kind of what, where we are. I mean, it's this dynamic personality that was charged with walking into an irrelevant culture and immediately flipping it. And he was able to do that. Now, he's going to get more dudes. I mean, if you're one of those four- or five-star athletes right now that has the standard operating procedure programs on your list, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, Texas. If that's who's on your list, you're looking out west, buddy. Because, again, it goes back to what do we want on a fundamental human level? Hope and belonging. And if you look at the way that Dion's coaching these young men, that's exactly what they have, hope and belonging. And so he's done a tremendous job in a very difficult moment, uh, a landscape out there, and made them a – it's Hollywood in the mountains, man. That was what came up the other day. It's been fascinating to see some of the ways that others in the business have reacted to them and all of that. Just very quickly while I have you, um, and I know you need to run on because you have a lot of interviews to do today. And again, I wish you the best of this. I've been down this road and um, there's nothing more exciting than the day that your book is released. But quickly, does Saban get it back? Are are we in a world where the Nick Saban dynasty, the dynastic era that he has put together as we have known it, has that come to an end or are we still in it? To get it back, you got to go somewhere. Uh, he has not gone anywhere. I think a lot of us fought, uh, felt like this game that they just played on Saturday at home against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss was one of the more important games of his career, and that was because of how poorly they played against South Florida, the quarterback controversy, who's the guy. We saw a clinic in halftime adjustments from Nick Saban and his staff in that game. And I think that I loved what Jalen Milrow, his quarterback, said after the game. We got our swagger back. And, Greeny, if you look, you've been around, brother. You've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Here is what I witnessed from Alabama's players at the player level after that victory. It was the joy of winning, not the relief mm-hmm. of winning. Mm-hmm. And that told me a lot. They got dudes, man. They got to clean some stuff up offensively, obviously, in terms of schematics. But I think that 
I think that was a massive win. I don't think they've gone anywhere. It's really well put. I'm, I'm going to expand on that thought as I let you go. The book is Sideline CEO Leadership Principles from Championship Coaches. It's available today. Marty Smith, good luck with this, my friend. Thank you, and I'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. Love your spirit. Appreciate you. Now, you take care. That's Marty Smith, nice enough to offer his condolences. Hembo, let me bring you in on that thought, now, and I'll pick it up and run with it from there. I've made this observation many times. I was there when Michael Jordan won his first championship, his second championship, and his third championship. And the difference is, the first one was a celebration of joy. The second and third were celebrations of relief. Instead of, oh my God, we did it, it's, thank God we did it. And that's why it's so hard to stay on top. That's the single hardest part. It is easier to, it's an overused cliche, but it's true. It is easier to climb a mountain in sports, maybe in everything besides sports, beyond sports, than it is to remain at the top. Because while you're done climbing, now you're just trying to fend off everybody else who's trying to get where you are. And I, it has been my experience, and I think it's somewhat obvious, self-evident, if you look at how hard it is to repeat in sports in anything, that there are, that, that is a harder thing to do. Now, in collegiate sports, there are so many built-in advantages that legendary coaches can have that it's a little easier to do that. No one is suggesting that what Coach K did at Duke or what Saban has done at Alabama is easy, but it's possible because you can hoard up all the good players for yourself. The other thing that I wanted to say here, it's, it's something that I use whenever I speak to kids, um, is the one observation I've made of all successful people. So he's talking about the eight pillars of leadership, and you can be very successful without being a leader. So this is not meant to connect to that. But there is one thread of commonality, I would tell you, Hembo, that joins all successful people I know and all successful people I know of. Do you know what that thread is? Can you guess what that is? Um, Is it it discernment of people? No. Is it It purpose or motivation? It's much more internal. Much more internal. It's much more internal than discernment of people. Purpose and motivation is much closer. I'll tell you what it is because there's no way you're going to guess this. But I learned this. I figured this out from Jim Valvano's legendary speech at the first ever ESPYs, the don't give up speech. Everyone remembers so many of the things he says. They remember if you think you laugh and you cry, that's a hell of a day. They remember your God, your country and the Green Bay Packers. They remember never give up. They remember all those things. The most interesting part of that speech to me has always been something he says almost as a throwaway. He quotes Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I have the entire quote in my bag, and I keep it with me at all times, but the most important sense of it is, or the sentence of it is, nothing great has ever been achieved without enthusiasm. And that is the thread of commonality amongst all successful people that I've ever encountered and that I've ever heard of is enthusiasm. So what I always tell people is, if, you're, if someone around you is too cool to be into it, just make a mental note. They're the one that doesn't get it. Enthusiasm is the only tried and true path to success. It doesn't mean that if you were enthusiastic, you will succeed. But in my opinion, if you are not, 
you have almost no chance. And so that's what I was thinking about as Marty was talking about that. And so fascinating. I'm looking forward to reading that book, and he's a good friend, and so I'm, I'm happy to help him get the word out, and, and we'll hope that everyone likes it. Let, let's just pick up quickly on the Dion Sabin college sports as we know them conversation. You were making a point to me in the office this morning that you think we are seeing evidence of Dion Sanders having a, a tangible effect on the other big coaches in college football right now. Yeah, and it's happening like fast and differently than I expected. Obviously, the, the transfer portal of it all is one thing. The NIL of it all is one thing. But the way that college football coaches are now speaking publicly has also changed dramatically. You can't possibly convince me that Ryan Day would have called out Lou Holtz after the game had Deion Sanders not been a thing. Or Jake Dicker, Washington State's head coach, calling out Lee Corso after his game, had Deion Sanders not been Deion Sanders. Why don't you play one of those sounds? I'll, I'll play them for you here in case people didn't hear it. If you were watching the end of th- this jumped off the screen, if you're watching the unbelievable finish of Ohio State-Notre Dame late Saturday night in which Ohio State scores a touchdown to win the game with literally no time left on the clock, and Notre Dame, as it turns out, only has 10 defensive players on the field for the play, and, and then Ryan Day comes out, and who is it's It's... Um, uh, what a Tappan is her last name? Catherine Tappan, I think it is. Is is meets him and you know going to do the traditional interview, Coach? You know how do you feel? I mean, it's it's she gives him the the exact blank slate you're supposed to give him in that moment. Just tell us what's going through your mind. And this is what he said. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team. What he said about our team. I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. So the point you're going to make is? The point I'm going to make is, that's the Deion Sanders effect in college football. Deion Sanders has captured young people by the way he communicates, right? Like, it's very clear that that is happening, and that has happened. Ryan Day is taking a page out of that book. Except I don't think Deion Sanders would have done that. Or said that, to be honest with you. I, I actually think this is a miscalculation. But when I heard Ryan Day say that after the game, the first thought I had was, that's the Deion Sanders effect on college football. Yeah, the first thought I had was, that's a very, that's a, that's a, it's a cringy moment. And I think he recognized it. If you stayed with the entire interview, he, he then like says, let me take a deep breath. And then he gives a perfectly normal interview. And I like Ryan Day. And this is, but, the, but I think the fact that he goes that upset about something, I believe Lou Holtz is 86 years old. And he is a Notre Dame legend. And it was a night in which he was being honored by Notre Dame. So the idea that he was going to be building up Notre Dame. And yeah, he said the way that teams have beaten Ohio State is by out them. He didn't call them soft. He didn't call them weak. He didn't say anything terrible about them. He merely said that being physical has been the thread of commonality amongst their losses in recent years. I can see using that with your players for motivation. Right. It's a heck of a thing to go on, on television 30 seconds after this enormous win and say that. That's the difference. Like, I thought that was very beneath Ryan Day. I thought that was very beneath the head coach of Ohio State. Like, how, how is that the first thing that you want to tell the world? Ohio against the, like, this whole, they have the biggest athletic department budget in America. Like, <laughs> no one's against, like, this is, they're we all little, love you. They're not the little engine that what could. What are you talking about? Like, I haven't heard the other one. So, okay. so, Jake Dickert is the coach of Washington State, and, and what, is this going to be self-explanatory? I mean, he's talking about Lee Corso, It's I a very guess? similar style. Okay, bite. well, let's hear it. You know, I think nationally there's a, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, I caught something this morning. And I was just watching game day. Corso comes on and he says, the no one watches bull. You know, and I don't really understand that. What's the merit once again? Because the facts say people watch the Cougs. 
and the people watch the Cougs more than every team that's left over in the Big 12. I don't even know what he's talking about there. I mean, look, it would be very hypocritical for me, who have made my entire life and living for now 30-something years, to sit here and say they should ignore what we say on television and radio. I get it. And Lee Corso is a person who has been, certainly over the course of the last several decades, has, I think, been the most significant voice in collegiate football. So I... I guess I get it. And that one wasn't, it didn't have quite the vitriol. Well, I think it's also important to point out that's not what Corso said. He, he misheard what he said. What Corso uh. said on game day was it's the no one wants us bowl because it was Washington State playing Oregon State, the oh. only two teams left in the Pac 12. Yeah, now, Pac-2. You, yeah, you can still consider that a slight, but he did not say no one watches bowl. So oh. his entire point is essentially. Well, he, he, so he misheard right. yeah. so he, and misunderstood. His whole thing was based on what he didn't say. Okay, fair enough. But, but so let's circle all the way back to the first point you made, which is that we are now living in the world of college football 3.0. And here's the thing that is happening. Marty talked about evolution. You have to evolve. You have to change with the times. I can relate to that in a big way because I'm in an age now, maybe every age is like this, but I think mine is particularly so, where young... I'm almost always the older, oldest person in any professional group setting that I'm in. I work on Get Up. All you guys are younger than me. All the staff on the show, everyone who works on this show, on Get Up. They're sitting there. I remember Robert Griffin today was like, he was surprised at how old Dominique Foxworth is. Dominique Foxworth is actually young enough to be my son. Um, so you can do one of two things. You can either, as I see too many of people I know, both people that I, I am friends with and people whose work I respect, sit and bemoan the way the world is changing, or you can adapt. You can recognize that the world is constantly changing, constantly evolving, and it's not going to sit back and wait for you. It's not going to sit there and wait for me to say, hey, guys, don't, don't do all that stuff, all that new stuff. It was better back when I was a kid. No one gives a damn what it was like when I was a kid. So the coaches who are willing to evolve with it are the ones who are going to be successful. And a guy like Nick Saban, I think, is going to get that. And there are a lot of coaches who are going to get stuck in their old ways, and I, I, if, if they're going to start paying these players, I don't want to be here, part of this thing anymore, that's done. It's over. That's never going to happen again. It never should have happened in the first place, and I'm delighted that it's done. I agree, but does evolution include publicly ridiculing octogenarians that say things that you don't like? No, I think those were just two ridiculous things to say. Fair I, I don't, you're, you're attaching those to Dion in a way that I'm not. Okay. I, think, I think that was just... I think that was just silly. And mm-hmm. I, I think Ryan Day realized it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch that interview, he kind of composed himself and was like, okay, let me take a deep breath here and answer your questions. Okay. And then he, he, took, he then carried on a completely normal interview the rest of the week. Uh, by the I'm way, by the, the way, real quick, if yeah. you were Dominic's father, you would be 15 when you had him. How old is Neek? He's older than me. He's 40. Older than you think, I guess. That's why I'd be 16. Okay, I thought he was 38 is what I thought. One of the guys today that we were talking to was, how old is RG3? Definitely younger than 38. Okay, I'm saying, one of them, I happen to... He's 33. Okay, that's who it was. He's young enough to be the Jets quarterback. I said in the conversation... And your kid. Both your son and the Jets QB. You do realize I'm old enough. Yes, that's correct. There you go, that could be. Jets quarterback and your son. Let's do it. That's correct. Let's let's do the question. Hembo trivia, go. Which NFL team owns the longest active drought without a Pro Bowl quarterback? Which NFL team owns the longest active drought without sending a quarterback to the Pro Bowl? Answer next on ESPN Radio. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. This is the place where you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented... By Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. All right, so I've got uh, seven names written down here. Go ahead, Hembo, and read the question again. Which NFL team owns the longest active drought without sending a quarterback to the Pro Bowl? So I just felt the need, guys, to clarify. It doesn't mean they have to have played in the Pro Bowl. It just have to have been named to the Pro Bowl either in the initial selections or at any point in the process. That's right. Very liberal here. So there's going to be a lot of Pro Bowl quarterbacks that probably didn't deserve to make it. All right. So Bubba and Cam. Again, I've got one, two, three, four, five. Six. I've got seven teams written down here that I'm trying to decide between. Bubba, which way are you going? Uh, I... Uh, I'm going to go 49ers. That's not one of the teams I had written down. <laughs> you, wrote down <laughs> you wrote down half the league. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, uh, 49ers is one guess. Cam? I think it's sneaky because their offense is so good right now. I don't know if Tannehill ever made one, but I'm going with the Dolphins. Uh, oh, the Dolphins. I, I was going to say the Titans because if, I didn't know if Tannehill ever made That's one. That's a good one, too. I'm going with Dolphins. All right, so he's going with Dolphins. That's another one I didn't have written down. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought about the Dolphins. So I thought I about like, the Bears yeah. because we always talk about how bad Chicago the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, but I think Trubisky actually made it one year. He had that one really good year. I thought about Washington. Like, what, what's the last quarterback in Washington that would have made it? Probably the guy we were just talking about, RG3. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, RG3. That's for sure. Okay, for sure. I'm glad I'm thinking this through out loud and you guys are helping me, even though this is a competition. Yeah, great. Browns, Baker Mayfield might have made it one year. Titans, I was afraid that Tannehill made it one year. Lions, I was afraid that Goff made it last year, which leaves me with Jets and Giants. The Giants, it seems to me that Eli Manning must have made it one year in there somewhere. 
So I'm not sure who the last Jet – if Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't make it in 2015, then it literally may go back forever for the Jets. So just because I feel like you like to rub it in for me, I'm going to say the Jets. So we have one guess for the Niners, one guess for the Dolphins, and one guess for the Jets. And the correct answer is the Dolphins. Oh, Let's wow. go! <laughs> Damn! That's a nice pull. Who was their last – was it Marino? Dan Marino really? in 1995. Wow. Is their last pro. That is tragic nuts. That's incredible. So the fact that Chad was the comeback, the year he was comeback player of the year, he wasn't named a pro bowl. Here are the the longest routes. Uh, The Dolphins since 95. Right. Then the 49ers since 2002. Wow. And then the Browns. That was Jeff Garcia, by the way. And then the Browns since 2007. Derek Anderson was their last. So the Jet was Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, Brett Favre made it in 2008. Oh, yeah, yeah, That, yeah, to yeah, me, yeah, looks yeah. like the so most even, recent that's, one. That's too recent, yep. anyway. I forgot about that. Okay. Well done. So I think we're all, we're tied, all tied now. We're all even now. Two and four. We keep track of these every single day, and Hembo continues to give us the business. Okay. Uh, by the way, a little sneaky big news, in case anyone is wondering here, especially Chris Russo. Sneaky big news. The afternoon window in the NFL was uncharacteristically terrible this week. Fox had the big game, 425 Eastern time window. It was Bears-Chiefs was their big national game. They also had the Cowboys in the other game, which I told you my affiliate cut away to at halftime. They were down in pretty much every demo except for guess which one. Females 12 to 17. (laughs) Females 12 to 17 were up. I wonder what it could possibly have been about that game, that day, that window, that afternoon that led a lot of females between the ages of 12 and 17 to watch National Football League action. That's the amazing thing about Taylor Swift. I think she's 33. But, like, when I went to the concert this in May, and I went to a Taylor Swift concert in May with my wife and her best friend, it was all 15-year-old girls. I, I, I thought for sure it was going to be older people. But, no, it was young girls and the, their parents that were wealthy enough to afford a concert that brought them. That, well, was, that was very surprising. My daughter went to multiple of these shows with all of her friends, and they're all in their 20s, and they're all dressed in, in like different eras. Like That was sort of the way the Taylor Swift thing went. Like They all dressed as, as one of them was dressed as 1989, and one of them was dressed as Red, and one of them was to all the different albums that she is, she is supporting. And I will tell you this. I would absolutely love to see Taylor Swift in concert. All I've heard is how great she is. I'm too old to go to these stadium shows. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. You're done. If she played the garden, I'd go. I would go. But I can't handle the stadiums. Is it, you, the getting in, the getting out. By How the way, long did it take you to get out of there? Real, real quick here. We got some controversy here because I'm seeing multiple things. That Tua was a pro bowler last year. His Wikipedia says pro bowler. He's not. And well, we all know Wikipedia is the, ES, be, the ESPN. best source com, of ESPN.com. If you all remember, the big thing was his concussion. Tua has been named a first alternate Pro Bowler and was set to replace either Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, but one bound for the Super. However, Tua has entered the protocol. He they, was he was named a first alternate. They changed those rules re, uh, because they stopped playing the game, so it doesn't count the same. Bubba, he does not count as a Pro Bowler last year. How about that? What is this about? How about Bubba Change going down the to defeat and now trying to listen to you? Why don't you yell at Lou Holtz over there? You're a sore loser and you're sitting over it, there and you're yelling, at, pro the, bowler. You're yelling at him. You're yelling at him. says pro bowler. Let me yeah. ask you this. Who, who do you think in their soul is older right now, Lou Holtz or Hembo? Like, I, I feel like when I hang out with Hembo, I'm hanging out with a much older man than when I'm hanging out with Lou Holtz. I haven't seen Lou in years. I make you feel young again. that's exactly right i keep hembo around primarily because it makes me feel youthful by comparison 
He is the oldest 33-year-old person. How old are you? 33. Yeah, you are the oldest 33-year-old person that's no, ever no. lived. Since we have a minute left, why don't I, you want me to finish it with my favorite Lou Holtz story? Yeah, do it. You guys like a Lou mm-hmm. Holtz? Do you want to hear a quick Lou Holtz story? Yeah. Sure. First time I ever meet Lou Holtz. First time. He's in Bristol, and I'm a very young Sports Center anchor, and we're going to go tape uh, a segment that's going to run on Sports Center later in the day. And in that, in that you, you remember the, the way the buildings are configured in Bristol. It is a long walk from the newsroom, the area where you sort of sit and get ready, to where the studios are. So he and I are making this walk together. I'm probably... Oh, I can tell you exactly how old I was because my wife was pregnant with Nikki. So she was, I was 33 years old. And we are walking down this long hallway. And he's got sneakers on and he's walking fast. I mean, he is, he is walking incredibly fast. This is 23 years ago. So he's in his you know, early 60s. He's walking a, a, a thousand miles an hour. And I'm walking as fast as I can to keep up with him. And we've never met. And so he is, because this is how he is, asking me a bunch of questions. And I say to him, oh, by the way, you know, the answer to one of his questions is, you know, coach, my wife is pregnant right now with our first child. And he stops, just stops in the hallway. And he looks at me and he he puts his finger in my face. And he says, the most important thing you can do for her is make sure that every single day she knows how much you love her mother. And then he just turns and keeps walking. And that was that whole conversation. And I've never forgotten that. It was incredible. It was one of the most, it was one of those moments where you say to yourself, how in the world did I get here? It was fun. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. To a pro bowler. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.